What's up, Buffalo Fanatics? Josh Allen here. Just wanted to say uh, go Bills. Ladies and gentlemen, is Gabe Davis becoming the star we needed him to be last year? Based on camp, things are looking and sounding great. Tune in. This is the Record Report. We'll be back in a second. I want to jump into the camp and what we're seeing. And it's the... And it sucks for me to say it. I don't want to say it sucks. It's unfortunate for me that I have to bring this up. It's the Dalton Kincaid effect. And most people might say, what are you talking about? He's a rookie. How is he going to affect things? Let me tell you. When you have, I mean, Gabe Davis, with the way that Gabe Davis ended his year, and with he had his best statistical year, yet we were still calling for, we need more from Gabe Davis. And rightfully so, because there were moments where we're like, what's going on? You saw the audio from my man, Chris Brown. Chris Brown came in and says, he's looking thicker with two C's. He's looking stronger. He's not only catching the football, but he's just, he's not going down. He's not, he's not just a possession receiver. It's looking great in camp. He's actually catching and going rack. We've been begging for a receiver to give us rack yards, right? Running after the catch. And we need that create for yourself. That's what Gabe Davis has been doing all camp. And usually the defense is the one that gets the better of the offense. And the offense has been looking great some, some moments. Well, my man Pierre, our guy Pierre, went to camp. And he goes, you know, I'm telling you right now, Gabe Davis didn't just look like he was separate. He was getting separation. And this is before Chris Brown. This is before he was telling me all this. It's not about him catching the football and looking. He's looking bigger. He's looking more effective. He's going up against Trey White. And, and I'm not, you're, you guys already know my sentiments on Trey White. But he's going up against Trey White, the number two receiver, going up against the number one corner. And he's, he's gotten the better of Trey White. And this is this is looking great, but I bring Dalton Kincaid into this because that's the effect that Dalton Kincaid brings you. Now the defense has to be accountable for Dalton Kincaid. Three straight camp days where he's effective. And the best way I can explain it, and when he's catching the football, we talk about him catching the football with fluidity. Here's the thing. If you've played soccer ever in your lifetime, from a new a beginner to somebody coming on uh as a professional when we were younger if you played soccer they always told you go to the ball go to the ball never wait for the football i mean for the for the soccer ball to come to you kincaid gives you and i'm and i'm trying to give you an idea if you've played soccer before when you go to the ball you've got to uh, initially transition to going to the ball and turning and going with fluid motion so it doesn't so it doesn't stop uh progression and going forward towards the net Kincaid is when he's catching he's so smooth coming out of breaks it's it's going to be a problem how does that affect everybody else everyone else is going to eat everyone else is going to eat because you're so focused on what this rookie tight end is doing and then you've got Dawson Knox on the other end and we've got a plethora of playmakers so when you hear nine and eight bills are you nuts listen Dorsey's going into his second year you don't think he's learned from his mistakes from first year Fam, if y'all keep sleeping on these bills, y'all better wipe the crust from your eyes and wake up. But you know what? We'll take it. We will take it. We'll let these people talk about how we're going to regress. We're going to do this, that, and the third. We're going to get one game at a time. That's exactly how it's going to be. It's going to be one game at a time, and we're going to kill it that way. Now, who's been staying out of camp? Standing out of camp. And I want to bring my man Z-Ball back on. And I, I hate it because I don't want to put blame on him, but I want us to have that him and I go back and forth because there's several topics that I want to hit. Guess who's making noise in camp that we that we've been waiting for? We've had stints of this individual making their noise and doing what they do, but they've been consistently doing it. Ladies and gentlemen, Ed Oliver is becoming a problem. Ed Oliver is doing excellent things in camp. Ed Oliver is is turning into the Ed Oliver that we we wanted when we drafted him with a top 10 pick. Ladies and gentlemen, watch out for the for the emergence of Ed Oliver. And you put him alongside Daquan. You put him alongside group that's having a hell of a camp. Folks, fam, this is fantastic news to hear. Let's, let's, listen, if that is what we're going to get early camp, and this translates to preseason, this translates, this is going to be a hell of a year for the trenches. Hell of a year for the trenches. Furthermore, furthermore, 
Brandon Bean is telling us that, listen, do not sleep. Do not sleep on on uh, Von Miller potentially coming back way sooner than we anticipate. Yes, he's on the pup list, but do not sleep on him potentially coming back. My goodness, if he comes back week one, up against the Jets, when we know all eyes are going to be on this team, it's unreal. All right? I'm going to stick to the defensive side of the ball. Zibot, I'm going to bring you in in just a moment. All right, bro? Uh, I'm going to stick to the defensive side of the ball, folks. You guys probably don't know this name very much. This name was a name when he got drafted was, was going to be special things. Played well with the Denver Broncos. Things happened. Shane Ray, ladies and gentlemen, is turning heads. Shane Ray, you know what I'm saying, is, 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 is turning, around, turning around his career. And what better place to come to turn your career around, especially on the defensive side of the ball, on the Buffalo Bills. You got Eric Washington holding things down, a veteran guy that knows what he's doing, and then you bring in a Shane Ray that can return around it. If we can get what we what Shane Ray was able to give, you know what I'm saying, his in his early professional career in Buffalo, alongside the dogs that we got on this defense, watch out for this defense led by Sean McDermott. Led by Sean McDermott, an aggressive Sean McDermott. And Sean McDermott's got my man's turning his head. So Shane Ray coming on in camp and doing what he's supposed to do is the underdog to make this squad. The underdog to make this squad. And we, I, you hear me say underdog. Why underdog? Well, listen, guys, we got we got some older vets on this squad. Lawson being one of them, right? And from what I'm reading and seeing, Lawson's been just okay, right? He's just been okay. So when you have somebody that's coming on, potentially cheaper, big things are coming out, man. Big things are coming out today. So uh, we, we saw, see, listen, I'm loving what I'm seeing. And it's going to be tight right to the end. It's going to be tight race for this camp battles that are going on right now. Um, the one that's got me puzzled still, and, I, and I'm, I'm sure you guys are feeling this way. Dane Jackson, Kyer Elam, and Christian Benford, that situation, <laughs> that situation, I'm telling you right now, man, um, watch out. That, that's, that's, all, that's all I'm going to mention is, for you to watch out for that situation because Dane Jackson doesn't seem to that he he wants to give up that spot. I don't think he wants to give up that spot. And the name that we want to have that spot is Kyrie Elam. Kyrie Elam has been looking pretty decent, but so is Dane Jackson. And he's he they're they're interchangeable in camp, which we don't want. But Dane Jackson's telling us, I'm not giving up that just yet. Don't give up on me just yet. I know you're hearing Christian Benford. I know you're hearing Kyrie Elam, but don't give up on me just yet. I'm still in. I'm still in it. I'm still in it to win it. And watch out for my guy, Dane Jackson. So, so many battles going on. We knew this was going to be one of those battles that are going on. So many are, are going on right now. And uh, look for that to happen. Now, we're going to step away from camp for just a moment because I want to talk about something. I'm going to try to bring my guy Zibot back on. I hope it doesn't. I hope it doesn't reverb because if it does, we're going to have to figure it out. Try something here. I, I switched this. I switched the setting. Try it. Talk. Can we talk? Are we good? Are we straight? I think I'm loving this. It sounds good to me. It sounds good to me. Does it sound good to everybody else? Let's get the verdict. And, <laughs> and listen, was there ever a shadow of, doubt, of a doubt that there, that it wasn't my fault? Because <laughs> even when I'm not even in control, it, of course, was my fault. Oh, look, we're getting the Yo, thumbs up. It sounds like we're Gucci right now. My goodness. Thank you. Good Lord. We back at it. I know somebody, somebody earlier said it was my fault. And they were, and, they, and you know what? I, I forget who it was, but it was, was it never, the whole time. I don't, know who it was. I don't know who it was. But whoever, well, listen, whoever, whoever had my back, appreciate that. <laughs> I listen, I still think Rico went and did a little something and, 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 and went ahead and fixed you. I'm going to tell you, I'm the you easy like, scapegoat because you've all been on here before when this thing has went pew. Uh, so, yes, we have. And I was like you know, a duck, man. I was. It looked like a, maybe I was pretty cool on the on the on the surface, but my legs were like this. I was getting pissed off. I was. I, this room is ruined because I was just pissed off. You anyway. want to know what it was? It was. It was a setting here on the uh, on the streamyard. Son of a b streamyard. But anyway, we're back I at it, baby. That's what we want. Yes. We're back at it. Let's get. Yeah, we're done. Let's, we're let's get to it. So let's let's switch let's switch uh, switch gears right now. Um, Sean Payton. Did you hear what Sean Payton uh, had to say? I did. I did. How do you feel about Sean Payton's yeah. uh, words towards Nate Hackett? Now, we all know Nate Hackett and the Denver Broncos, 
that was just a disaster. It was a disaster. It, Russell Wilson wasn't good. Uh, it, it, he wasn't where we needed him to be. We we also had Nate Hackett as a first-year head coach, and it just wasn't good. It wasn't good. It was terrible. And, and he gets fired. He's now the new offensive coordinator for the Jets. He's reunited with Aaron Rodgers, and that's why the hype is all going towards the Jets. Let, let them have the, 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 the hype. But Nate, but Sean Payton um, had this to say um, when it comes to Nate Hackett. He pretty much says, uh, and I, I don't want to, I don't want to, let me just pull it up here. And I had it on my phone. He pretty much said this is, it was a tire fire. Nate Hackett did a terrible job as head coach. And I don't, it, he pretty much just trashed him. He absolutely trashed Nate Hackett. Now, most people are like, okay, that was uncalled for. That was uncalled for. Now, Zibat, I, I need your, your opinion on this. If a coach, if it, if you take on a job, if you take on a job and the previous person that was there just, you are having to fix this person's problems before you can actually see some results, are you going to sit there and, and publicly be like, yo, what the hell was this? This was awful. Or do you just fix it and prove to people that who you are, that's why y'all brought me in and I fixed it? How do you feel about <laughs> Sean Payton's words towards Nate Hackett? I wish he wouldn't have backtracked it because the problem I have with uh, the media a lot of the time is we want, and when I say we, it seems to be the people in charge of delivering the narratives on these things. Uh, people always want honesty, yet when they get honesty, they want to bring you down for being honest. Oh, uh, an example earlier, uh, a couple of weeks ago, was when Justin Jefferson was asked his top five quarterbacks in the NFL and he did not put Kirk Cousins on there. Do you want him to be honest or do you want him to lie? Because if he lied, you would have said, no way in hell Kirk Cousins is a top five quarterback and everybody who has watched football the last decade would say, yeah, no shit. Kirk Cousins isn't a top five quarterback. He is a serviceable quarterback. At times can be a damn good quarterback. He is not a top five quarterback. So if he would have said that, he would have gotten grilled. When he said he wasn't, and he was being 100% honest, and he was being 100% factual, everybody ripping him to shreds. You're not going to put your quarterback on that list. It's your quarterback. You're not going to hype the man up. This is another example where Sean Payton was 100% right. Last year, everybody, including myself, took a look at the Denver Broncos and said, how is that team not vying for the top of the AFC with that roster and with Russell Wilson leading the charge? The fact that they not only were not even close to that, but were arguably one of the worst teams in the AFC throughout several weeks of the season was disgusting. So bad, in fact, that it had everybody related to the Broncos job in question it had people questioning whether or not the money they gave Russell Wilson was one of the worst signings in the history of the league. Mm -hmm. Sean Payton has been put into a position that is almost impossible. He has to come in and set uh, he has to, he has to put out a forest fire. And that is why they had to pay him the amount of money they did. They had to give up draft capital to get him yes. out of New Orleans. He comes in. Was he incredibly aggressive and 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 kind of angry when he said it? Absolutely. It was disrespectful the way he said it towards a colleague that you could, you know, that that's how that, that things are looked. If you looked at this at any other job setting, right. If you looked at it, like it'd be like if we came on here and we just pick anybody, right. Like if, if we took any other bills creator who said yeah. something dumb or whatever, and I went on here and ripped them to shreds, it'd be a bad look for me. It would, of course it would, because that's, that's a dick move. It's a dick move to do that. However, there would be people out there who heard whatever somebody said or whatever and said, you know, he's not wrong. So there's two ways to look at it. The, way, the example I'm giving you is much lower because there's way more of a personal level when we're just out here having fun and talking about the teams and whatever. If I'm going to attack somebody like that, that's terrible. But if I'm put into a position where I got to go and take over an entire network off of somebody's right. mistakes, right. and then I have to go and bring that back up to prominence because of whatever, whoever was in charge beforehand absolutely deteriorated it, right? Then I think that 
in order for me to move on from what the past was, which, which is what Sean Payton has to do, to some degree, he's got to say, listen, th- this team isn't bad. What, what happened last year was a result of awful management of the inability to take advantage of what was on this team. He did it in a way that could have been done way kinder and, and in a much more, uh, I think, easily digestible fashion. 1000% him going in and saying the Fox hat thing and whatever, because here's the reality. Sean Payton meant every word that he said and every word that he did say was a hundred percent spot on Nate Hackett last year was completely over his skis. He butchered this entire organization from an offensive standpoint. He made Russell Wilson look like an absolute clown. And when he was at the lowest point of his career, Russell Wilson, there were no adjustments made to bring this team back to life. They were dead the entire season. Sean Payton went out and spoke the absolute truth. The problem with that is when you say the truth, nobody likes it. And they, they want to pretend that whatever you said was, um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't the truth. It wasn't honest. And you saying it makes you, you know, whatever. And you said it, you said it. Nobody likes the truth. And it's, and it's, and it's tough to swallow sometimes pause. So when, when, and, and I'll give you the quote, he said, everything I heard about last season, this is Sean Payton. We're, we're, we're doing the opposite is what he said. It might have been one of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL. Dude, when you call this not? brother the worst coaching job in the history of the NFL, have you, do you know the coaches that we've had on the Buffalo Bills that have been, I mean, Dick Jerron for crying out loud. You, Dick Jerron didn't have Russell Wilson and a team that was already handcrafted to walk into the playoffs. They they, they pissed on this team last year. They did. And and Nate Hackett had no business. Rico, why was Nate Hackett the head coach of the Denver Broncos to begin with? Because they originally wanted Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback. When that fell through, they immediately went and got Russell Wilson. Nate Hackett was already in place, and it was never what they wanted. Nate Hackett was there to lure. Aaron Rodgers to the organization. It did not work it out. Happen. And he got Russell Wilson. To put, to put my whole take on this, we go to bed. The way he said it was wrong. The way he said it was wrong, and it was a bad look for Sean Payton. There's no other way around it. But two things can be true at once. Him being the dick in this situation and going out and saying it the way he did, if you were to look at him and say, man, what a jerk that guy is. I don't blame you at all. I'd probably agree with you. On the other hand, and at the same time, whatever he said, in my opinion, was dead on. That's coming from one of these coaches in the NFL the past 20 years that you would easily argue to be one of the best offensive minds the NFL has seen this century. So with that said, I'm going to take the opinion of Sean Payton much higher than I'm going to take the opinion of anybody else. And the way that he walked it back was just him saying, I understand that I'm in a position now where I have to be a leader of men and not be the guy that's causing the headlines, but the guy putting the headlines away. So that's why he did what he did. But, but if you think that he didn't mean that you're nuts. And I think whatever he said was, was 100% said with truth. And two things. And and here's the thing. When you put yourself out there and now you, you're part of the headlines now, now all eyes are on you. All eyes were already on you because you are Sean Payton. Now that you poo pooed on another coach, now we're like, okay, we're looking at you to see what you're going to do with this roster. But now we're looking at you with scrutiny now. Now we're going to look at everything you do. Because now, if you have a poo-poo year, yeah. boy, are they going to get on your behind because of who you are, right? You have a roster. I mean, I feel bad for Tim Patrick with the torn Achilles. Shout out to Tim Patrick. That sucks for him. But the fact of the matter is this. You are now, you got a target on your back. And now you're in the AFC West. I know. You got the Chiefs. You got the chart. Fam, you should have just kept your mouth shut and just went down to work. Now people are just going to be looking at you be like, yo, are the Broncos going to do anything? We're about to find out. Oh, he made his bed. Sure. Right Right. now, here comes Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers was not playing games. Yo, keep my name. Keep my coach's name out your mouth. That's straight up what he said. Keep my name. Keep my coach's name out your mouth. And and he said, I thought that he said he thought this was way out of line. He says inappropriate. And I think he needs to keep my name, my coach's name out his mouth. Exactly what he said. So we're about to find out how that exactly goes down over there in the West. Peyton's got a good little roster with him, right? He's got himself his quarterback, and it, he, he's, he's got his quarterback in line, and we, will, we shall see. Russell Wilson's looking good. He's in shape. We're about to find out what these Broncos in the AFC West is about. But golly, it wasn't a good look for my man, Sean Payton. And all lives are going to be on Sean Payton. Let's see what you got. Well, you make a good point there, by the way. And I didn't think about that, but that's a good point. Uh, the reason 
above all that he shouldn't have said anything. It's not necessarily what he said was wrong, but now you're right. It, it, it'll be the first thing brought up now. Like it, It's like anything else. Like with the Stefan Diggs thing that doesn't exist. Like if Diggs has a bad game, this will be brought up. Now, like when the Denver Broncos have a bad yep. game or Sean Payton goes forward in a fourth down and they don't get it, this is the first thing that's going to be brought up. Brought up. So yeah. that's accurate. What? It's just, I got to tell you though, Rico, the refreshing yeah. thing about this from our perspective, yep. like this is what I like about this type of stuff. Even though I thought it was said a bit, you know, it, it just seemed like it was said in anger. The one thing I do like about this, and I don't know how you feel, but I just like someone coming out and saying it how they feel, man. These guys, it was just, yeah, these guys take the podium and they try to spin a bunch of bullshit along to us all the time. Whether well, you agreed with the guy or not, at least he, listen, you know, whatever he said, he meant and he felt. And I appreciate that, whether you agree with him or not, because we get a whole bunch of white lies non-stop from these guys so that is the refreshing thing you never hear any honesty from a gm or coach anymore so i'll I'll give power to him but but your point's dead on he made his bet how's he gonna lay in it now that's the question how he's gonna lay in it but what's the saying when when you point fingers at somebody else you got like two put two fingers pointed right back at you well my man's got he's gonna have thousands millions of fingers pointed right back at him all right we we watch you now sir we watch you now now we're gonna transition to something because you were talking about honesty yeah. And uh, Jim Ursay, the oh my God. Colts GM. Oh, my gosh. He's Jim another Ursay. one, man. Oh, my God. My man, Jim Ursay, uh, he has, he's had a lot of things to say about this whole Jonathan Taylor situation. And uh, listen, this Jonathan Taylor situation is, is odd. You've got the best player on the Colts offense by far. And he's only, what, the ripe age of 24, 25 years of age. And he gets it. He sees the writing on the wall. He sees the disrespect happen to running backs. Ezekiel Elliott is without a job right now. Uh, Josh Jacobs can't get paid. Saquon Barkley had to take a one-year deal to avoid being franchise tagged. There's so many things going on at the running back position. Now, my question to you before we even begin. is: Does Jonathan Taylor have any leverage in his decision to request a trade? Yes and no. No in the sense that he was hurt all last year. So I don't mm-hmm. know I don't know how you can miss a whole season and then think that you are the the one to to kind of dictate the conversation here but on the on the same on the same note uh w- the Colts are abysmal and he's the only guy on that offense worth a damn. So that's the other part of it that I look at as well. Um I don't think the leverage here's how I here's how I look at it though when you're looking at the the question in itself rico if you're even having a topic if the topic of conversation even boils down to the running back having to be the main focus of um it's the same thing with saquon it's the same thing with josh jacobs if your team's success boils down to whether or not your running back has leverage i got news for you your team blows okay that that is the unfortunate reality if the if, if the if the argument coming down to whether you're, whether your team's going to be successful going forward or not is whether you're keeping your running back happy, happy. Sorry to tell you, if you had a franchise quarterback that you believed in on your team, you wouldn't care whether or not your running back was out there making waves because it doesn't matter. The chiefs just won a super bowl ring with a seventh rounder at running back. It does not make a difference, but these teams are led by the running back. So that's where I think that they do have some sort of leverage. But the problem is that position in itself throughout the entirety of the NFL is not looked at to be a position that should be in this position. The only difference though, is the teams that have running backs that are finding themselves being the ones looking for, uh, you know, an additional uh, compensation package to be traded or whatever. The difference is those guys, not only are they some of the best in the league at their position, but they're on teams that are nothing offensively without them. So that's the problem. I think that he does not have much to stand on just because of the market the running back uh, position currently is in and him coming off of an injury. But I don't think you can look at his situation, Rico, the same way you can look at other teams because the Colts, similar to the Giants, similar to the Raiders, if you don't have your top running back, your team is a shell of itself on offense. So it's a very unique position to be in. And what Jim Irsing went out and did was about as dumb as you – He he. Another point I want to make real, real quick here, too, and I'm, I'm sure you agree with me, Rico. It's moments like this where you, everyone is, I've, I, I've been hearing this forever about how the Pagulas are, aren't great owners for the Sabres and this and that or whatever. We should be on a rotating 
Like once a year, we should just give thanks to the Pagulas because we don't have to deal with this. You know how many teams have to deal with ownership like this? They are inflaming every possible situation. Whereas the Pagulas, when do you even hear from them unless it's something positive? You don't. And that's what you want your ownership to be. He has been, ever since the Jeff Saturday situation, Rico, this guy can't take him serious at all. Listen, they the Pagulas absolutely mind their owner business, right? They stay and do owner things and let the GM yes. take care of all the things possible. They don't meddle in the affairs. And that's what I do like about the Pagulas. But at the same time, they hire the right people. Listen, I, I my job is to just make sure this team makes money. You build this team and make sure you do what you're supposed to do. Now, leverage for Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, what do you think? I, you thought, think I thought it was... I thought it was awful timing, awful timing to, to request a trade. I get it. You, you're going, you, you see what's happening around the league and you're looking at my age. You're looking at your, what you've done for the team. This I'm a shoe in for you to get another contract, but you see what's happening out there now from a, from and you, to me, you're, you don't have the leverage right now. You don't have the leverage right now based on what's going on right now. Ezekiel Elliott's still out there. They can, if you want to keep bullshitting, they're just going to bring Ezekiel Elliott and bring you and bring him in. Now, here's what I hate about this. Jim Ursay knows damn well that this is your biggest piece. But Jim Ursay also knows that, listen, you had a bum year last year. You had a bum ankle last year. You finished with just shy of 1,000 yards. The year before that, you had 1,800 yards. The year before that, you had, what, 1,300 yards. Damn good back. I know you are, and you're young. But I see what's happening out there. And right now, they're saying 27, 28 is when you start to go over the edge as not being a, a running back of, of taste. Here's the kicker. Zach Moss was primed to take over as the backup running back, and he breaks his arm and he's out six weeks. So now the leverage comes back on Jonathan Taylor. But it's horrible because now you're going to sit here and everybody's sticking their hands and sticking their feet in the sand. And now what? Deion Jackson is a good back. He's about to get his opportunity. But here's what I hate about this situation. They're pretty much saying, the message pretty much is saying, Either you're either you're Saquon Barkley or your or your freaking um backup back, like you who who do you want to who do I want to say like uh Deion Jackson, you got Devin Singletary. You're pretty much saying all backs are all the same, period. There right. ain't no elite, there ain't no nothing. Everybody's on the same level. So I can pretty much take out Saquon and, and put in freaking freaking the backup quarter, the backup running back for whatever team you want to think of. And they'll 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 manage. Right. And this is where the running back position has to elite is elite. If I'm an elite back, pay me as an elite back. If I'm there, pay me as an elite back. But golly, Darrington, that's like taking Darrington Evans, right? And saying, you know what? You can take over Saquon because Saquon's not gonna do anything. So that's the way I look at you guys. Nah, that's not cool. Now, leverage is not on Jonathan Taylor's side. I feel bad for him and it's not looking good. Everybody's digging their their feet in the sand and it's just not gonna end. Either you're gonna play or you're not. And the, the owner's just gonna say, All right, you don't want to do that. You're going, you're going, I'm going to take $40,000 from you every day. You miss camp. That's, that hurts. That really does. That's hurt. the problem. But the, 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 what you just said is, 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 is spot on. You can't treat the, like the Saquon situation to me is the best example. And it kind of, it kind of represents all of them, all of these, these specific uh, circumstances. Like for instance, last year, if, Devin Singletary going into the contract season before the Bills move on from him. If Devin Singletary goes to the media or his agent goes to the media or whatever and is demanding X, Y, and Z, what are we going to do but sit here and say, man, hey, Singletary, man, much love. I enjoyed having you around, but dude, you know, like uh, no one's, no one's going to be backing you up on this, brother. I, I hate to say it, right? That's just, it, it's so inevitable. This is what comes back to the point at hand here. Because if you have a Josh Allen, you have a Mahomes, or like for instance, what this is the perfect example. What just happened in Cincinnati? Mixon took a pay cut because he knows damn well. They'll tell him, hey, Joe, you gave us some great years here in Cincy. You were our highlight piece before Burrow came. But man, those days are long gone. We appreciate having you around. Here's the door, and we wish you a successful rest of your career. Mixon smartly saw the writing on the wall there. He took a pay cut, so not only is he going to get paid, but he's going to be on a team that's going to be a team primed for success. They get it, right? There's teams that understand that this is not going to be a worry of theirs. They have a franchise quarterback. 
as of right now, we don't know what, what's going to happen with the Colts, right? But this could happen down the line, just not the, the current situation. But right now, the Colts, the Giants, the Raiders, three teams right there with running backs that have had outspoken issues about their pay. Those are three teams right there, and you can you can argue it to me until you're blue in the face because Daniel Jones got paid. I don't care. He is not a franchise quarterback, and he absolutely robbed the New York Giants blind. I give him credit all day long for taking that bag and running away with it because that was, that was the heist of the century. But those three teams right there, Rico, are three teams that do not have a quarterback that they can rely on to be the primary cornerstone of their success. The primary cornerstone of their success is their running back. They cannot come out and treat them like they are a run-of-the-mill running back like other teams can because the truth of the matter is those teams are currently revolved around their running back. And that's why Derrick Henry has gotten paid what he's gotten paid. And people compare the the contract that he gets to other teams. You could argue Derrick Henry should have been getting paid quarterback type salary the last decade mm-hmm. or so. The way he had been built the way he was he was the absolute entirety of the Titans offense. Right. And if you look at the Giants, what's Daniel Jones going to be without having Saquon Barkley? What are the Raiders going to be without having Josh Jacobs? So these teams can't look at everything black and white because it's just not. This is a very unique position. It is. And I, and I'm, this is the last part I'm going to play on this. And uh, Dominique Foxworth, um, very smart individual, he says there's a way to fix this whole running back conundrum, this whole running back situation. And apparently for for players that weren't drafted high draft pick but are are playing like a uh, a star player, wouldn't you, I would just say star player for now, There's apparently there's a pool – of money that teams have that it's incentive based. So they, so the next CBA needs to happen. They need to, to, for running back position alone, because they're the ones that are paid the least, uh, but are so damn important to the team um, when it comes to franchise tags and so on and so forth. But anyways, long story short, these guys are going to have to construct their contracts on, on incentives. Like if I'm giving you this and I'm giving you this, this is what you're going to have to pay me. No ands, ifs, or buts. And apparently there's a pool of money specifically for that. So Dominic Foster plays that out. So these running backs are going to have to play the game differently. And I hope, and this is what I hear the rumor is. Now it's like, well, my back hurts. Oh, oh my I knee know. Hurts. Oh, my ankle hurts. And that's what you got to, oh, it's sad when you have to go that route. But anyways, I don't want to stay on this, this case too long. Because oh, just one quick thing, Rico, to your yep. point, though. Nothing's going to happen here. That CBA isn't due to be renegotiated to, to till 2030. So exactly, they're going to either, like you said, with it. what's if you're if you, if this was your son, Rico, right, and or and you had to give advice, or if this was just you in general, and you, and this was your specific yep. position. I'm sorry. I understand it's, it might not be fair, but you are the fool in the situation if you're giving up 40k a day and not go to practice. I'm sorry. You're the one. You're the one losing out here. They'll move on from you and not think twice. You are not a quarterback. And unfortunately, that's what this league's built around. So Sadly. go get your money, man, because you're never going to get another opportunity to get it again. But, but here's the here's the tough part because here's what's going to happen. And he sees it. He already he's already ahead of the game. He'll play this year, right, and have a great year, and then he'll get tagged, and then he'll play another year and have a great year, and then get tagged again. And that by that time, you're 26, 27 years of age. You got a lot of mileage on you, and that's when the team says goodbye. And there goes your chance of getting money. And that's the unfortunate part for the running back position. You play well. And jo- Josh Jacobs said it well. I think it was Josh Jacobs. If you give him two, th- Nick Chubb, I think it was, uh, was it Nick Chubb? Who was it again? I think it was uh, the Browns, I think it was Chubb. The, the Browns running back says, you give him 2,000 yards rushing, amazing. But then they say you got too much mileage on you. You give him 400 yards, you're not productive. You get hurt too much. There's there's no win for the running back position, man. You just it's just what it is, man. Now speaking of the running back position, James Cook has been sensational in camp. He's been running down the field, catching field, looking mighty explosive, and I love hearing it because I, I have my I'm skeptic. I'm a skeptic when it comes to James Cook and what he's going to be able to provide us as RB1. But apparently he's been looking good. But I bring Cook up because there's another Cook that's been parading around the AFC East and potentially might be going to the freaking Jets. The Jets just keep trying to add and add and add and add. And apparently the rumor is the the reason that our guy Aaron Rodgers took that $35 million pay cut was to potentially 
in the back of his mind think that if the Raiders are like, so Devontae Adams is done with the Raiders, I got enough money to bring you guys over here. Rumor has it. So James Cook headed, excuse me, not James Cook, Dalvin Cook potentially headed to the Jets. Are you shook? Does that make you feel some type of way? No, not at all. I hate these Jets so much. I can't even put into words. I cannot formulate the hatred. It, it is bubbling over at this point. The pot, if the pot last year with Zach Wilson had like an inch of water, from then until now, it's incredible how that pot has gone to the point where my kitchen's flooded. It is just flooded. I, the downfall, I have never been rooting for something more than the downfall of these Jets. And I don't even think it's necessarily their fault. So to the Jets fans and to whoever else, don't take it personal. It really isn't your guys' fault at all. It's the way that they're being mapped out. And we talked about it a bit at the beginning of the show. I can't take it. And Aaron Rodgers is the most insufferable athlete in all of sports the last couple of years. I cannot stand it. And in just one last big old one of these to the to the Green Bay Packers organization, fighting tooth and nail to get out of that, to get out of that organization and, and, and doing all all the things he did out of the way on the way out the door just to go and chop his salary down mm. to a million bucks this season so that the jets could go out and do whatever. I just thought that was the one last big double bird to the green Bay Packers. And I just Wasn't can't, it ever. I can't believe it. Um, and you know what? And listen, he he's, he's been jaded ever since they brought in. I mean, he can't feel that way because when Brett Favre was there, they brought in Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre did the exact same thing. Exact same message went to the freaking the Jets, then the, the freaking went to the 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 Vikings. Like it's just a mess. So, and this was his way of really sticking it to them, right? Listen, we brought of in love because we don't know what the, what's going to happen. This is formality. This is what we do. And he's like, you should never brought him in. And because of that, <laughs> I'm gonna show y'all that you never showed him. And I'm gonna make this team talented as ever. And you're going to see what you guys are missed out on. And that's pretty much Gutenberg was like, we don't care. We got we got love and love is going to do his thing, but love ain't Rogers. But. I mean, it, 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 listen, Brees Hall is coming back. Your guy. You want to talk about boy? I mean, that's your boy right there, Brees Hall. Love, he's you come, love him. He's coming back, right? And let, do we forget that when Brees Hall got hurt last year, Michael Carter stepped up and looked pretty damn good. And you're saying to yourself, Just, "Wow, these Jets have two damn good young running backs." So I'll tell you this, Rico: if they want to go and give Dalvin Cook money that 31 other teams weren't willing to give him over these last several months, by all means. Go jet it up. Go jet it up and give him a bag just like they did with Le'Veon Bell, and let's see how it works out. Go right ahead. I I, I would love to see it. It does I, nothing to me. I won't lose an hour of sleep over it, Rico, if they go and do it. Not one. And, here, and this is why I brought it up because I'm not – I love Dalvin Cook. I think Dalvin Cook's a great back. Same. I'm, I'm to the point where I'm like, yo, bring whoever you guys want on. Yeah. Super teams, they don't always work out. <laughs> they don't always work out, I'm telling you. So you're trying to build a super team, and sometimes these, these super teams that try to get created, sometimes the universe says, nah, you're not about to do that. They're about to create a super team with the Lakers when they were they were, they were going to bring Chris Paul, and then they said, nah, not going to happen. The Lakers put sh Gary Payton. I mean, they're all old. And didn't the NBA step in, and, and they, didn't, they didn't allow it to they happen? Said, no, right? they said, X yeah. day. we're not letting that shit happen. No way. So they could the, these Jets can do all they want, and they're going to be a competitive team, but there's only one football, man. So we'll see how that plays out. I'm Dude. just I'm just curious to see what James Cook is going to do. Where are you Once at, though, right now? I mean, where are you at right now? Because the fact that this game is week one, I'm so I, like this. I still feel the same way. The best thing that's ever happened ever, this game being week one, because these narratives are going to get shaken up one way or the other that week one. But where are you at right now just on the Jets? Because I am at my boiling point. And the fact that we don't have to wait four weeks into the season to get them is extraordinary to me. The fact that this is going to be served up on a play Ladder on Monday night football in New York. I have never been more excited for anything in my entire life. Where are you at? Because this could not be better. The, the fact that this is week one for us, Rico, it, I just, it couldn't be better. Here, here's where I'm at. I'm still in the same boat. I think we lose week one. Okay. I think we lose week one, not because they're that much better than we are. I no, think it's okay. just the circumstances. The hype is there. Uh, there's a lot of things going on. Uh, How do I, they lose? In what kind of way? What does this game look like in your mind? Uh, it ain't going to be a blowout. It's not going to be a blowout. I think it's just going to be a significant. We lose this game, and it, it's just going to be like, okay, we weren't ready for this for this for this matchup, but we will get them the next time. And it's not the it's not the addition of of Aaron Rodgers. It's what defensively they did to us last year, 
and yeah. uh, and I'm and I'm thinking they might give us fits. They just gave us fits. It's the matchup. The matchup I do not like. But we've added some pieces that can kind of mess around with that matchup. But I still think we lose it. I think everybody hates that I say it. I'm sorry. I'm gonna keep it a buck. I I've said it from the start. I say it. But here's what I like about this: we lose to them week one. That just stirs up more in the Bills, and we go on a run after that. And when we play the Jets again, we dominate them, and then we go we go from there. But week one, I think that this them being on the road and all that stuff, the hype is going to be there. I think they take this. It's going to be close, but I'm still there. But we're going to see some good things from the Bills. We're going to see some good things where it's not going to allow us to, to worry. And I look at your face, and your face is like, I can't believe this. No, I, I can believe it. And I think and this is what I was saying earlier. I think anybody who predicts the Jets to win the division this year, I think it's a fair thing to do. But It is fair. Yeah, the problem I have with it is you're just going to have them 13-4 and four in the Bills. And I mean, that. Like, I think anybody who has the Bills in third place, I just would love to hear why. That's the thing. I understand predicting the Dolphins or the Jets or whatever. But Rico, I'm, you can tell me if I'm overblowing this or not. But um, okay, so what, what's what's Y Town saying? The question is, can we score more than twenty against their defense, or whatever? I think we can. I certainly think we can. Um, I think if if we can't, that's a sign for concern, uh, especially depending on how their offense goes up against our defense. That to me is, if it's a defensive battle, I could see that for sure. But I could be overblowing this, and you could tell me I, I, I am. I, I don't think I've ever. I don't think. I've ever been this early on a must-win game before. This is must-win to me. In oh, my well, it, there are so many that. reasons for me to think this way, and I think that I'm at that point where I look at this game as a as a tone setter for the season. And must-win just feels it just feels that way to me. I don't know why. You're not wrong because the way like to give us the Jets to begin with, they didn't give us like a cakewalk team to start the to give us the Jets week one. And I'm, I, for one, I just don't know why it does it for me. It's just one game, but starting a season own one, I absolutely despise. I know. Owen one is the is one of the worst things for me because now you gotta, you gotta put games together. Own one turns into Owen two. If a fluke thing happens and now you're like, Oh wow. shit. And, they go over two, pack it in, Rico. They lose oh Raiders, you, you pack it in. <laughs> and the AF and the way our schedule is, you, you can't afford to to put loose strings of games together. Um, but unfortunately, we're going to lose that first game, in my opinion, and then we'll, we'll go on a run. But I hate the fact that we might go. It's possible that we go 0-1. I just hate it. Now, I do have to say this, though. Uh, can we score more than 20 points against our defense? It's a valid question because that just defense got better. That Damn. just defense has now rookies that are going into their second year and have got a better grip of Robert Sally's defense. This this matchup is is like you said, but this matchup is huge, man. We so won, big, man. It's it's not like oh, it's just for show. It's just nice, like the, us going against the Rams last year. I knew we were gonna beat the brakes off the Rams. I just knew that we were much better than the Rams. This one is a tough one. Golly, this one's a tough one. But hey, this is why the this is why they made the schedule the way it is. It's it's must see TV. It's gonna be must see TV on Monday night, week one. That would be a game to go to. That's oh, a game. That's to go the thing. To. I was oh, just going to say, so I'm going to be there. And the thing. Oh, that, you son of a gun. The problem I have. Oh, yeah. How, oh, my God. I wouldn't nah, miss this. You, I wouldn't miss this for a gazillion. Are you kidding me? Me and no, the thigh no, doc. No. Me and the thigh doc. Listen, the reason I another reason why I'm also must win on this. I can't walk out of there. I can't walk out of there with a loss. I can't. You're I, never gonna I, I'm going to be. I'm never going to feel worse about anything in my life. If I have to walk out of there with my Bills gear here in those absolute arrogant, loud jerseys. I can't do it. Are the absolute worst, and they're going to get on your ass. That's why we need that win. I want. Look, get me. Don't get me wrong. I want us to beat them badly. I just don't think it's going to happen. But man, if we get that win on the road, week one, you better talk your shit when you're over there, Zbuy. You better talk <laughs> your shit. I'm telling you. No, yeah. it's now there's no point in even talking because that most of them will just they'll just go back into hibernation. They won't watch the they won't watch the rest of the year. There's no point of even saying it. Now, you know? now before we get out of here, because I, I gotta I gotta wrap this up because I gotta go to work and it sucks because we had these the, uh, I had my audio issues earlier. Oh, so I know. We'll it. have to do this again. But anyway, yes. uh you were mentioning Dave Matthews band. You're a big D was it uh the DMB. DMB. Oh yeah. DMB. So lately, when these concerts have been happening, fans are getting a lot more bold. I, I don't understand. I know. Right, you're paying to go see a concert, but yet you're you're ruining it for other people by a throwing stuff on stage. And the latest was Cardi B got water thrown 
on her on stage and she, she handled it well she threw <laughs> she threw a microphone at at, the, at her her concert gore my question to you you're at the dmb yeah having a great time because that's the band that's that's who that's who you love and somebody decides to throw water on stage as a concert goer are you like don't ruin it for the rest of us like what do you like when you see stuff like this what are concert what do you what do you how do you react to these clowns that do I mean, this you're just an absolute moron if you do that. I, don't, I never understood that. I never understood doing that. Now, Cardi B, that she she went ahead and Randy Johnson that microphone. I, I don't know what that. That was terrifying. But I will say that it's funny you bring this up. This happened, and and it doesn't happen like ever. It doesn't happen at the Dave Matthews concerts ever. But the other night, I wasn't there, but I saw the video. Um, so up in the pit area out in New Jersey, there was a, a couple dudes who got into a fight and mid show Dave walked over and freaked out on him, kicked him out. It, everyone. Oh, he, Oh, he was mad. You could tell angry, get the fuck out. screaming at him. Um, I think if you are distracting from the show in any capacity outside of just having a good time, then it's, you're just an asshole. There's no other way to put it. And if you're throwing stuff on the stage, I, I have no I have no ability to comprehend how that would ever be like a th- I, I don't get it. How does that ever cross your mind to do it and then going through and doing it? Like I get it maybe if you like toss up something to get signed and you like throw it up there gently or whatever. If you're throwing something at, I just don't get it. It makes no sense to me. I, I don't understand what goes through people's minds. I'll, I'll never understand either. But have you admitted to people that you're the one that threw that dildo onto the field uh, against the Patriots? Well, I did. I did. I, I told everybody about it after I knew that the statute of limitations had passed and I wouldn't be, yeah, I wouldn't have to uh, face charges for it. Here's my question. How'd you stick that thing in? Um, well, <laughs> the problem with that is if I told you I'd have to kill you, but, I'm, <laughs> but fortunately for me, it was hidden. It was definitely hidden. Um, but I had had experience sneaking stuff like that into, 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 into places in the past. And, uh, I was glad I like that. If, I, if, I, if I tell you, I have to kill you because yeah. <laughs> you got to take that to the grave, brother. Anyway, uh, folks, I'd love to continue this show. Obviously, um, uh, technical difficulties happened and I, and I apologize with this, yeah, much, this would been a much better show because I had so much energy to freaking bring it to you guys, but we will do this again. And we're going to have a lot more me and Z-Bot and, uh, hopefully we're going to get my man Rev back on and get, get, get going. You know what I'm saying? But, um, for the most part, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Obviously this is, this is, uh, this is training camp time. There's going to be the guys are in pads. Now you're seeing a lot of action happening demar hamlin got himself an interception you know what i'm saying so the love for demar hamlin is happening right now and yeah, uh, there's gonna be a lot of love for demar hamlin and it's not gonna stop it's gonna keep going i for one i mean i'll draw i'll share my my opinions next show because i got some things to say about that but for the most part team is looking good offense has their moments defense has their moments and that's how we want it we don't want it to be lopsided and we want it to. We want everybody. Even Poodle Ford is getting an action, getting pick sixes off of Matt Barkley, and getting down there. So, folks, we have ourselves a good squad, baby. We got ourselves a good squad, defensively led by a a strong-minded head coach, and we've got some great pieces around this team. And uh, the fact that uh, we got Jordan Poirier, Mike High back together, shaking off the rust, getting back at it, and we've got Dalton Kincaid doing what he does and we've got obviously the the best duo in the game in in Stefan Diggs and I, this is the last point I'm going to make before I get out of here. Stefan Diggs. My goodness, has he ever put things to rest? Has he ever put things to rest with all the chatter? Now that it's behind him and it's he's business and he's cooking absolutely everyone. No one can cover Stefan Diggs. And this gives me all the confidence that when we go and face Sauce Gardner, he is ready to get after Sauce Gardner. All that grabby and pulling and all that crap. No, 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 no. We're going to call you out because when you have an elite route winner like, like Stefan Diggs and you're not double teaming him, man up and go one-on-one with Stefan Diggs. Don't we have the safety over top to help your ass out? No, 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 no. Bring Sauce Gardner's ass to freaking Stefan Diggs and let's see what we got, right? Don't roll the safety over and try to go. No, 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 no. If you're that dude, cover me one-on-one. Let me see what's happening. Because I feel that we got the freaking best receiver in the game. And his route running is elite. So I'm looking forward to that. And I feel that 
right now he's unguardable. If you look at camp and you look at the practice, you look at all the things that are being said, nobody's touching Stefan Diggs. He's on, he's on another level. And he's in year nine, and he's still doing like that. And Josh Allen has picked up. No, where he left you know it. He's got to be, man. Picked he's got to be. Right where it. he left off, and I'm loving it. So, Sauce Gardner, get your ass to the line. Like Ocho Cinco would do. Put your ass right here. Get right here. And let's make this thing go, man. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm looking forward to more camp. And uh, we'll be giving you guys the breakdown as, the, as camp goes along. So, today, uh, we, had, we had a good day, man. We had a good day in camp. Think guys are showing up. Guys are getting out there. Ed Oliver's looking fantastic, and uh, the defense is looking strong. So before we get out of here, smash that like for my man Zbot showing up. Congratulations once again, Mr. Fiance. Thank you, brother. <laughs> fiance, Mr. Yeah. Fiance, and you got to say it like that. You got to say a fancy fiance. Yeah, we've been Not trying fiance. to have fun with it because I hate it. The Don't word pronounce it. Just say fiance. We've been trying to give another word. Man. I'm going to steal the lady from me. I like that. My lady. Yeah, yeah, that's my lady, man. Uh, listen, that's, you can't never go wrong with that because it's still classy. That's yeah. my lady. And you're not doing that as my girlfriend. Oh, we're not girlfriend anymore. We're fiance. But your girl ain't gonna let you. She's not gonna let you slide, man. No, she that hates it. Too, thank God, that's the thing. That she hates it. It's my. Oh, she hates it too. Oh, that's the thing. We both were like, man, this is just. I hate this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So just, we're, gonna to, we're gonna have to come up with something. We have to make up a fake word or something. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. But, but just uh, if you if you are gonna say, it, don't say fiance. Say fiance. Yeah, you have to say fiance. It like you got to say fancy. If you're gonna like say it, say fiance. episode where they. <laughs> you know, well, like, Ladies and gentlemen, that is our time. We appreciate you, man. And we're going to try to bring it to you guys again. Once again, apologies for the uh, the tech difficulties. We'll get that sorted out. And uh, we'll bring you guys. And I will make it up for you. We're going to make it up for you another time. So, Z-Bob, maybe we'll try to get back together again. And uh, now that you're back in town and you're doing your thing. But, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for us, man. So, uh, until next time, it's your boy Rico. It's your boy Bot. Please. It's Rico Report. And uh, we will catch you guys on the flip side. You guys have yourself a great night. Peace.